Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. It's the best thing for your own soul and, and heart. I love serving the Lord. I, my first experience of serving the Lord was as a teenager at 19 uh, years of age. David said he was 18 when he started serving. I was 19. I was a brand new Christian, two or three months old as a Christian, and didn't really know much about the Bible, didn't know much about church, had no Christian background or upbringing. And our church uh, wanted to do a drama play of the life of Noah. And they asked me to come and play Noah. Now, why? I do not know. I didn't look that old. I don't know why they asked me to play Noah. I didn't even know who Noah was to any great extent. I didn't have any Bible knowledge. And they said, would you play Noah? Someone just asked me. They, it was basically a next step. Would you step up and serve the Lord by playing Noah? And I said, sure. What do I have to do? Well, stand there while a guy in the back room yells out, Noah, Noah. Just stand there and say, yes, Lord. And I didn't win any Academy Awards for the role. Uh, it was pretty pathetic, to be honest with you. We kind of built the Youngton Church, built a kind of front of a big boat here, and it was kind of quite hilarious and funny. But I'll never forget the night where we did the whole drama and presented it to the church. Uh, little Nan Bartlett. Now, Nan Bartlett was very short. She had a, a hair and a grey bun, and she had these piercing blue eyes like some older saints have. And she came up to me after the service and and... and looked me in the eye, grabbed my hands, looked me in the eye and said, John, you were so anointed tonight. And I thought, wow. I felt like, you know, man, this is awesome. I need an Academy Award now to go with my being told I'm so anointed. And that was my first experience of serving the Lord because over the decades I've found different ways to serve the Lord. And when I started, I didn't really know why I was doing what I was doing. I was just having a go. Someone said, you want to serve the Lord and kind of play Noah? Yeah, why not? Let's give this a go. But over the years, I've discovered it's actually important to figure out why you serve the Lord. And I want to take you this morning into the most famous verse in the Old Testament about serving the Lord. You recognize it as I read it to you. And I want to reinforce and refresh the foundations of your serving. Some of you years ago, like David, took a next step and started serving the Lord. Some of you have just maybe started serving the Lord in the last 6 or 12 months. Some of you are in church, coming to church. You might be really new in coming to church. You might have been a long while. At this moment, you're not serving the Lord. And I want to reinforce and refresh within you, why do we serve the Lord? So I'm going into the scriptures. I'm in Joshua chapter 24. Beautiful passage in the Bible. Verse 14. Joshua's speaking to the nation of Israel. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped, or literally the Hebrew word is serve, beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, here's the famous bit. As for me and my household, as for me and my household, we will 
serve the Lord. In two verses, there's an explosion of the use of the word serving. It appears seven times, translated once in my <clears throat> NIV translation, once as worship, but it's exactly the same Hebrew word, abad, and it means to serve the Lord. And seven times, there's this explosion. Whenever you're reading through the Bible and, and a word is repeated often, the, the writer is trying to get your attention with the truth. And not just an attention with, um, with, your tru- with that truth around that verse, but across that context, across that chapter. The word serve appears in chapter 24 16 times. It's one of the, one of the most concentrated chapters in the Bible about serving. And what's interesting in my mind is what builds up to this explosion of seven words, seven times serving appears, is that Joshua has laid a whole series of of Bible stories together to to reinforce the reason why you and I serve. Because if if you end up serving, you take a next step in serving without ever discussing, really discovering why, all you end up doing is what? And you might know how to do how, but what and how will not feed your soul eventually. What will fuel your soul, and I'll touch on this a bit tomorrow night at the Emotionally Healthy Seminar, because we're going to have a great night tomorrow night. Come out and uh, hear me again on that. And um, I'm not arrogant, I'm just very confident. And we're going to have a great night tomorrow, tomorrow night. But, but if you fuel your soul with the why, you'll find that you'll have fuel to run through seasons that are dry or that are full and rich. And so we're going to jump into the, the, the preliminary part of this chapter to discover why do we serve the Lord? What's the foundation? You don't build a house without a solid foundation. You don't build a life of serving, of taking the next step to serve the Lord without a foundation. So let's have a look at this foundation. Chapter 24, verse 1. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders the leaders, the judges, and officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. And in just a few short verses, Joshua is going to summarize four books of the Bible. He's going to lay a foundation into their lives of why they should serve the Lord. And I want to renew this foundation in you today. I want to refresh it within you today. That wherever you're serving or if you're on the verge of taking the next step to serving, that there'll be a sense of solidness, a sense of, man, I'm on firm ground in serving the Lord from this position. So the first uh, book of the Bible that Joshua summarizes, the book of Genesis Verse 2, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped the Euphrates River. That would be an interesting river, I would imagine. They lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped, or again, the Hebrew word abad, served other gods. But I took your father. Abraham, from the land beyond the Euphrates, led him throughout Canaan, gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. That's the summary of the book of Genesis. It's the book where God chooses Abraham, where God picks Abraham. It says, verse 3, I took your father. Abraham did not choose God. God chose Abraham. 
the foundation of serving is that God has chosen you because you are significant, you are valuable, you are an important person. And you might in your own heart and mind, and I do a lot of coaching of pastors, and I find I regularly bump into this with female pastors, a sense of uncertainty, of insecurity, of sense of who, who am I, kind of feeds. I just hit hitting that with Christian women leaders. But I want to tell you this morning, you're significant. You're valuable. You're important. And, and, and not just because of who you are or what you've done, because of you've been chosen in Christ. You've been chosen in Jesus. I remember at primary school, you go out at lunchtime to play some football, and I wasn't really good at football, and, you, and the two best players would be the captains, and then they'd pick their teams out of all the kids standing there, and you had this longing in your heart, pick me, pick me, and then they'd pick this guy, and they'd pick that guy, and this guy's a really good winger, we'll have him, and this guy was a great goalkeeper, we'll, we'll have him, and pick him, and finally it's down to you and some puny little kid next to you. Some little weakling kid who can hardly kick a ball. And you go, this is embarrassing. At least I'll get picked ahead of this kid. And lo and behold, they choose the weak, puny kid. And you're standing there kind of like, oh, man, I'm useless. Oh, John, you might as well join our team. (laughs) Oh, well, thanks for picking me last. I don't feel really chosen here. Jesus doesn't look at you like that. In Christ, you're chosen. Like Abraham, God said, I took Abraham, I chose him. God took you. Valuable, you're significant. You have something unique. Okay, then into the book of Exodus, verse 5. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians, that you you lived then, sorry, you lived in the wilderness for a long time, 40 years. That's the book of Exodus in just one summary. Not only have... God has God chosen you, he's redeemed you, he's delivered you, he's brought you out of Egypt, he's broken affliction off you. Now, you're not only chosen, you're forgiven, you're washed, you're cleansed. I'll never forget the night, 26th of February 1973, was a young man, I gave my life to Jesus and decided to follow him, I was wrestling with it for months, but I remember on that night, the deep sense of forgiveness that I felt when I said, Jesus... I've sinned, forgive me, cleanse me, wash me. And immediately, it's a miracle. I love the miracle of forgiveness. I felt clean, whole, and washed. I have been delivered from Egypt. So not only is your foundation chosen, but you have been delivered. You have been released from the bondage of sin. I am so glad I'm not going to hell. Anyone else glad they're not going to hell? I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. I've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and brought into the kingdom of his dear son, a kingdom of light and life and blessing. That's Exodus. Okay, we're on to the third book, Numbers. How can you summarize a book in a couple of verses? I don't know, Joshua's a genius. He did it here. Verse 8. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you, and you took possession of their land. 
When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Beor, to put a curse on you. But I wouldn't listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. That's the book of Numbers summarized. God says you had enemies, you came into a battle, but I delivered you from the battle. I caused you to be an overcomer. You are not only chosen, you're not only delivered, but the book of Numbers tells you and I that we can overcome our enemies. And there'll be a battle when you step up to serve the Lord. And I know a bundle of you here already serving the Lord. And, and serving the Lord is brilliant because you never have another problem when you start serving the Lord. Is that true? That's rubbish. Absolute rubbish. When you serve the Lord, you're going to have battles. You're going to have enemies. You're going to have um, just situations that you're going to feel, my goodness. The Lord wants to say, hey, part of the foundation of serving the Lord is you are an overcomer. You have got the tools to beat those enemies. Those enemies don't have to sink you. They don't have to put you down. And you'll have seasons of battle when you're serving the Lord. And it doesn't mean that the Lord's left you. It doesn't mean that you're useless and you should stop serving. It means you've got to stand and go, you know what, like, like the Israelites in the book of Numbers, okay, there's a few enemies trying to take us out. We're going to have to fight to establish. Maybe for some of you who are serving are in a season of battle and your next step right now is to step up and fight the fight. Fight the good fight. Outlast the battle. My, my beautiful wife, Diane, has been ill for six months. She's had vertigo and complications related to it. It's really impacted deeply her ministry. She's had to cancel speaking at conferences. She's had to stop leading her connect group. All sorts of battles going on. And we've just kind of prayed. We've done everything. Done everything medically. We've done everything prayer-wise. I did a long fast because I thought, well, I'm going to do a long prayer and fast. I've called in the elders of our church to pray for it. Nothing has caused the breakthrough yet. So we've decided, you know what we've decided? We're going to endure and persevere through this battle until we have the victory. Because I'm an overcomer. This thing's not taken us out. This thing is not the end. This is not the finish. You might be in a battle, but the Lord will give you victory over this thing. You're chosen. You're delivered. You're an overcomer. Fourth book, book of Joshua. I wish you could read books of the Bible this quick. Verse 11. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho, book of Joshua. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. I gave them into your hands. I sent the cornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you, and also the two Amorite kings. You did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you, here's the truth, I gave you a land. I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build. You live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. You're chosen, you're delivered, you're an overcomer, and you have a plot of land. You have an inheritance. You have a destiny that is unique to you. God has a future, a promised land future for you that as you take the next step into serving him, with courage, with faith, with perseverance, you'll find you'll enter into your inheritance as a believer, your particular portion of land, because you're unique. 
There's no one else on you. Like, you got your own thumbprint. Every person has a unique iris print. Every person has a uniqueness in their own heartbeat. There's three unique physical aspects of every person on the planet. It's a message to us as we look at our own bodies and go, you know what? No one is like me on the planet. I have a unique plot of land, a unique destiny, a unique inheritance that as you step into serving, go, well, no one can do what I do like I do. And when you get in a church your size, you can go, well, it looks like everything's running okay. They don't really need me. Don't believe that lie. You can do something in such a manner and a way that no one else can do it. You are so important. You are so significant, so valuable. So Joshua lays out these four books of the Bible of chosen, delivered, overcomer, unique, destiny as a foundation that's the foundation of your serving and, and you get pats on the back as a lovely lady uh Mik, was it Mika in the first service the lady we you know you honored and appreciated for years of serving with with the with the children and in, in the children's ministry and appreciate it's great to get a pat on the back it's great to get some applause and appreciation it's good to feel satisfied that you're making a difference that you're having an impact as david said on people's lives they're all good and I enjoy all these things, but they're not the foundation of why I serve. I serve because I am chosen. I serve because I got delivered. I serve because God has made me overcome every battle that I can walk with him serving. And I have something unique to offer that no one else on the planet has, just like you do. I want to renew that foundation, refresh it in your world. Let that why, why do I do this? Let it fuel your soul. So you just don't do stuff, you do it because there's a solid, beautiful reason around that. And then Joshua goes, verse 14, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. You see, the explosion of the use of the word servant follows this foundation laying. Hey Israel, hey church, you're chosen, you're delivered, you're an overcomer, you've got a destiny. So therefore, serve him with all faithfulness. If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself. This is challenging this day, whom you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond, beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. A quick word to everybody here is already serving. I want to challenge you. I want to exhort you and encourage you with a next step today. If you're already serving the Lord, take this next step. Invite a friend in the church who's not currently serving, or maybe you're serving in a, in a kind of like, eh, they're just kind of bumping along. Invite them to step into serving. As powerful as my preaching is, again, I'm not arrogant, I'm just confident. As powerful as when Pastor Steve gets up here and encourages you to take the next step. You know what is even more powerful, and this is disappointing for pastors and like me, but what's more powerful is a friend coming along and saying, hey, I'm on the greeting team. Why don't you join me? Hey, I'm working in the cafe. Come and join me. Hey, I'm working in the production, all the media and the techie guys. Hello, techie guys. Thank you for keeping the sound on. Hey, awesome. Up the back. Why don't you come and just sit with me and just kind of be a part of it? That is a powerful. Do what Joshua does. Say to people, serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Come on, serve the Lord. If you're already serving, don't, don't leave, it up, leave it up to all the leaders in the church. Don't leave it up to your pastors. Decide, I'm going to be a big R, a big recruiter. 
I'm going to recruit. I'm going to tap my friends, people I talk to in the church. I might talk to a new person. They might be here for the second week. And you're on the greeting team. Invite them just to come and hang out with you. You can drink coffee while you're saying hi to people. You say, well, don't they have to do a six-month course to invite, you know, greet people? No. Just get them in there. That's your next step. Are you up for that challenge? I think you are. Some of you are just more introverted and don't want to say anything. But to invite people, challenge them into it. Then the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us up and our parents up out of Egypt from that land of slavery. And they actually begin to sprout back to Joshua what had been telling him. He protected us on our entire journey among all the nations through which we traveled. The Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. And I love this. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Their response is, Joshua, we heard you. We know we're chosen, delivered, we're overcomers, we've got a destiny. Yeah, we too will serve the Lord because he is our God. And Joshua's response is seriously weird, strange. I, I mean... It, if you come up to one of the leaders today and say, hey, look, I, I, I kind of got really stirred today. I, I really would like to have a go at serving. They will not respond like Joshua does. They will say, oh, brilliant, fantastic. Let's get you in. Let's get you trained. Let's get you involved and well done for taking a next step. Joshua's response is quite fascinating. Joshua said to the people in verse 19, you are not able to serve the Lord. He just challenged them to serve the Lord. And they said, we're in. He said, no, you're not. What? He is a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. My goodness. It's not totally pastoral here, is it? If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he'll turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. The people said, no. No. I love it. No. We will serve the Lord. You know what leaders do at various times is they help people understand the barriers they have in their own life to serving the Lord. And sometimes they'll do it as Joshua's done it. Joshua's been very provocative. He's poking them, provoking them and saying, come on, where are you really at? I don't want lip service is what Joshua is saying. Don't just tell me you're going to serve the Lord. Now, I know what you guys are like. He's been really tough on them, provoking and prodding because he knows there are barriers that we face. Sometimes we don't serve the Lord because we're just scared. We're frightened. What if they, what if they say, you know, um, if I start saying I'll take a next step, I'll start serving. What if they ask me to pray in front of the whole church? We kind of come up with fantasy things that can go wrong. What if I'm making coffee and I break the coffee machine? What if I'm out there greeting someone and I say something inappropriate to a person? And just fear. Sometimes we've tried to serve the Lord and we've failed. It hasn't gone well. And we're kind of like, oh, I won't try that again. I'll just hold back. Sometimes we feel just timid. We think, you know, I'm not an outgoing sort of person. Is there really a role for me in the life of the church? These sort of barriers can come up in our heart and mind and what good leaders do, and if you're serving the Lord, how you can help people is get them over the barriers. Help them get through those barriers. And you have to work out what your own barriers are, what your own limitations are, and decide, you know what, Lord, I feel frightened. I feel, I don't know if I've got anything to offer. 
But Lord, I know you chose me. I know you've delivered me. You're really making me an overcomer. I have some battles, Lord, but I'm fighting them. Lord, there's got to be a bit of land for me. There's a death. Surely, Lord, there's a destiny for me. I was preaching um, in a church, C3 Church in Australia, uh, some years ago. And uh, an older gentleman came up to me after the service and um, chatted to me. He was nearly 70 and he was a retired pastor and he was in the church. And he came up and he said, John, I, I just, I just, I'm a retired pastor, but I really, I'm feeling really old and I don't know how to get involved in the church. And I, I said to him, Graham, just do something. Well, a number of months later, he wrote me this letter. And I've got it on my, it's handwritten actually, I could show it to you, but I've kept it because uh, it's such a beautiful letter. Pastor John, greetings. You came to C3 Ride and I briefly spoke to you about my current son of season that I'm in. And the sort of problems, the challenges I'm, I'm facing. He said, you gave me great advice and great was in capitals. He said, uh, I'm just going to turn this around so it's a bit easier to read. No, we don't want to turn around. Okay. I got involved um, with this church. I was having struggles getting involved with the church. He said, well, the new building is starting at our church, C3 Ride. And what I did was from July, Tuesday, the 26th, he had the date, I made myself available to the church to volunteer to do whatever they needed. I worked for three months in the church and he lists all the things he did. I, I emptied rubbish bins. I put up various panels for buildings. I did all these things. I won't read through the whole letter. It's a little bit hard to read on my small phone. And he, he said, I was even invited to staff lunch at the Korean restaurant. He said, I was honoured to be there. What a privilege it has been to be available. And he finishes off, thank you so much for talking to me. He says, P.S., tell all your seniors, get up and go for it. See, Graham had all sorts of barriers to serving. But he decided, you know what? I'm just going to take the next step. I'm just going to step in and do this thing. They say, no, we will serve the Lord. In verse 22, Josh says, you are witnesses against yourself that you have chosen to serve the Lord. The people said in verse 24, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. If you're a leader today, you're already serving, volunteering in whatever capacity in the church. I want to encourage you, take the next step of recruiting someone in September. I love September. Step up and invite someone. You, and you might think, gee, I, I'd like to invite someone, but they're so busy. I'll give you a tip. Never say someone's no for them. Never say anyone's no for them. Let them say their own no. If you're not serving in any way in the church, and for whatever reason, whether you're feeling timid or uncertain or unskilled, or you think, I'm not sure what I, I even could do, you have been chosen to serve the Lord. You have been delivered to serve the Lord. You're built to be an overcomer, to win every battle and serve the Lord. You have a destiny no one else my Lord, no one else has what you've got. It's unique. It's special. And it's desperately needed by someone else.
Why don't you close your eyes, will you? Well, thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked Him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been you've been moving away from Him. And today, I want to invite you to come back to Him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then, straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.